0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and Liam.
1: Good morning, Lyle. How are you this morning? I'm amazing this morning. Good. God is good. That's absolutely correct. And what are you thankful for today? Today I am thankful for my uh, my local bin man. Okay. Yeah. This
0: I look. You get dressed up to go and uh, take the wheelie bin out. Didn't no, I do the whole I, dress up thing.
1: I don't because he comes out too early, and you don't. Really, you really don't want to be getting dressed up at that time of the morning. But I um, I, when I'm driving my car, I like to wave to people to everybody that drives past. Um, I used to do it all the time back home in Cairns, and everybody waved back. Down here though, people. Don't wave back as much. You kind of have your hand up the whole time
0: in Newcastle. So it, it's
1: like it's to... kind of just constantly going up and down, up and good down. Exercise, and I, go, good exercise. I go through all the motions of the different gestures to, to positively, you know, wave to people. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, regardless of what's happening, I can always count on the bin man to wave back. There you go. And he came this morning. Uh huh. Well, there you go. What are you thankful for this morning, Lyle? Oh, what am I thankful for this morning? I got out of the house yesterday. It was kind of nice.
0: It wasn't a very successful trip, but um, I was out of the house. So that was good. That's good. It was positive to be outside. Absolutely. Getting getting some fresh air. Yep. See some sunlight. That's beautiful weather.
1: Indeed. Gorgeous. Oh, yesterday morning, um, the the fog was just covering everything. Uh, Even up until about 10 o'clock, it was still lingering around. So it was something to behold. I'm interested in
0: this waving thing. I mean, I grew up in the bush. And growing up in the bush, of course, everybody waves to everybody. Well, they did back in the day when I was a kid, but yeah. not so much anymore. But, you know, there's like, what, 300 people max in the town that I grew up I've got in. A, and that's now. I've got a so- list of
1: five different waves that uh, I go through. But yeah, here we go. This is a reminder, you're listening to the
0: delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Okay, so coming up in today's news, we're going to have a surprise phone call from somebody that long-term listeners might recognize... Uh, but that's uh, we're keeping that one for a surprise. It's going to be um, rather interesting to hear about uh, how people have been dealing with the toilet paper crisis. Some people, it seems, might have a little bit too much.
2: Whatever God shines light on me Open up my eyes so I can see When I look up in the darkest night Then I know everything's gonna be alright In deep confusion, in great despair When I reach out for him he is there When I am lonely As I can be Then I know that God shines His light on me la 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 la, la. sick, and he heals the lame, says you can do it too, in Jesus' name, yes he'll lift you up and turn you around, and he puts put your feet back on higher ground, reach out for him, he'll be there. Oh, 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 you oh, can oh, use His oh, higher oh, power oh, any, oh, day oh, at oh, any day, day oh, at oh, any hour. Heals the sick, yeah. Heals the lame. Do,
1: do, do.
2: Says you can oh, do, do, do it too. In Jesus' name.
3: Do, do,
2: do. Yes, He'll lift you up and turn you around. Do, 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 do. Feedback back, back on, on higher ground. ground.
3: Put your feet back on higher ground. Put your
0: feet back on higher ground. You're listening to the idea of North. Whenever God shines His light,
1: here on the breakfast show, Liam. Let's have our first clue for the day. Clue number one. Okay, this is a what number am I? The number of days the feast of Purim was to be observed. Okay, if you know how
0: many, how many days the Feast of Purim was to go for, give us a call right now. 1-800-324-843 is the number. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on
1: 0491-064-669. And if you are the first person in with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of Experiencing the Power of the Word by David Marshall.
0: There you go. So give us a call right now if you know the answer and you can win that prize. And of course, don't forget to tune in on Saturday morning for our small group uh, interactive discussion, Bible study discussion between 9.30 and 10.30. Well, it seems as, you know, some uh, interesting events have been happening around the world. We've seen a bit of a run on toilet paper and so forth, a few shortages that have been happening. Uh, But it seems in the small town of Fingal in Tasmania, they have an overabundance of both toilet paper and houses. Really? Yes. Did they have a toilet paper. So joining us on the phone this morning is somebody to tell us all about this. Who you? Those of you who are long-time listeners will remember Mon. Mon, welcome to the show.
4: Good morning, coronavirus survivors. How are
0: we all? Doing amazing this Living morning. Dream. So, I understand there's an overabundance of toilet paper and houses in the small town
4: of Fingal, Tasmania.
3: Please explain. Um-
4: it's such an exaggerator. But, but to be honest, my dad did ask me to stop buying toilet paper a couple of days ago. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but he but you know, been trying, I
0: hear you've been trying to get rid of toilet paper. Why would you be trying to get rid of toilet paper
4: in yeah, times like it this? It was an accident. It was an accident. I didn't mean to. The stuff is so precious. I didn't mean to accidentally almost burn my house down using a roll of
0: toilet paper, okay? Okay, so there are, you know, I've heard of lots of different ways of people burning their own house down. You know, want to want to do the uh, do that stock take and and cash in on the insurance. Most people use, you know, a, a
4: flammable oh, liquid like petrol
0: right? or newspaper or something. Um,
4: well, it turns out you didn't know this. Oh paper is pretty easily flammable. There must be like some sort of chemical treatment that happens to it, but it goes up like a wolf. It really does. <laughs> and, and you've recently it was, become... It was an accident.
0: You've recently become an expert in this subject, Mon. <laughs> yeah, not
4: really, you know, not really on purpose. <laughs> I was... <laughs> Look, yesterday morning, and this is my gratitude story. I'm so glad I didn't burn my parents' house down. I went in the kitchen early to make breakfast, put a pot of uh, um, porridge on the stove and I switched the hot plate on, but I switched the wrong hot plate on. And for some random reason, there happened to be a roll of toilet paper sitting on the, in, the, in the middle of the hot plate that I did turn on and then I left the room. As wait, you wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Just back up there a minute. Just back up there a minute. <laughs> there, a minute. There, was a, there was a roll of toilet paper sitting in the middle of a hot plate.
4: Please explain. Okay, so we might have run out of room to store the toilet paper we have and we've run out of tissue, so we're just using our wealth of toilet paper to blow our nose now. That one was like roaming around the house wherever people need to blow their nose, all right. It all makes sense, I
0: swear. Now Mon I have explained this before. I, I know I've explained this before, but there's this thing called radio. Now if you don't want, you know, the whole of Tasmania to descend on the small town of Fingal because there is a large <laughs> supply of T P there. Then maybe you shouldn't be mentioning just how much of this you have in abundance.
4: Look, look, I'm happy to share. If you're genuinely in need, come get some. I live on Grant Street. Or I'll tell you what number, but I live on Grant Street. Just find the house that's like folding at the side of the TV.
3: <laughs> so, so, anyway, so, I did, I did come
4: back in the kitchen just at the right moment because the whole kitchen was filled with smoke. Turns out toilet paper creates a lot of smoke. And that, that roll of toilet paper was charred black. I do think I'm going to have to saw off maybe like 75% of it just to save that last little 15% and then have like a really skinny roll of toilet paper. But can't chuck that stuff out. It's too much of a precious commodity right now. I could probably still sell that roll on eBay for like 100
1: bucks. <laughs> do you know what they call those little small? bits of toilet paper I mentioned this last week but they call those little ends of toilet paper uh, TP donuts. at the factory when they make those they have to cut the ends off and they call those little bits that are about 15% of, of your regular toilet paper they call those doughnuts oh, there you go I, I, I learnt something new oh wow
0: so you've, got a, you've, wow, got a, you've so created, I you've, you've, you've cooked yourself up a uh, toilet paper donut. <laughs>
4: You
0: new recipe didn't know I? I was a chef with TV <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mon it's great to have you on the show this morning just to have a bit of a laugh and we need to have a smile on our face at times like this how's life down there in Tassie and in the small town of Fingal is is the street that you're on that's the only street there is in Fingal right there's pretty much
4: only one street in Fingal yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like a, it's a blinking you miss it kind of town. I'm actually very blessed to be here. I was actually very blessed to make it across the border before they shut everything down. Um, so I am isolating with my family on my parents' property, which is like a kind of like a hobby farm. It's really tiny, but there's lots of backyard, you know, an extra plot to plant stuff. And so, I guess for me, life hasn't changed a huge amount just because of the way of life out here already is. So yeah, God is good. I, I realise that I'm. I'm very I'm very blessed, um, considering what other people are. You know, the conditions of people going into isolation in Hong Kong and how they're, like, in shoe boxes on top of each other. So, yeah, it's it's nice doing it out here. Um, I have invited several people to come and join if they do, you know, get to a state of despair. Um, they just have to figure out how to get across the moat. So, yeah.
0: Yes, you are. You're hiding behind a moat right now, and uh, I don't think any <laughs> of us can even get there. Even people that were born there, I mean, grew up there, you know, it's, like yourself. Uh, yeah, like myself. <laughs> I don't think I can get down there. Anyway, mine is uh, fantastic having you on the show this morning. But we do need to uh, move on with some other stories. Um, stay safe down there in Tasmania, um, and yeah, let's not burn any more toilet paper. It seems to be a precious commodity these days.
3: I'll
4: do my best. All my love to all the listeners. G'day everyone. Nice to talk to you again.
0: That was uh, Mon, the well-known Mon, uh, sheltering down there in Tasmania, hiding out from the whole coronavirus that is floating around. Like I guess we're all kind of hiding out right now, but I couldn't think of a better place probably than Fingal to be hiding from that particular virus.
1: Indeed. I've got got a quick question for you. You just mentioned that you're from Tasmania. The Promised Land. The pro- <laughs> it's a matter of opinion. No. Before the- <laughs> There's no opinion involved in it whatsoever
0: at all. Before the,
1: um, the song fact. played, we were talking about different waves that I do. And I, I thought that was just a Queensland thing, but I wanted to ask you, is that something that happens in Tasmania as well? The different- which Like the, when you wave to people as you drive past. Because there's so, many, so little people there, do you wave to people as you drive past just to keep things interesting when you drive? Um, there's more people than There's enough people To not have to wave to everybody But
0: when I was a kid growing up In a town about the size of Fingal yeah. Then yeah We did wave to everybody And did they all wave back Or were there some Yeah of course that Everybody's pe- country people Yeah good know? It's like when I was working out at Burke, you know, and you drive past another car going the other direction. It's like, oh, that's a car. You pull over and stop and have a chat. You never met the yeah. person before, but you know, three hours later, you're still chatting on the side of the road. It's just kind of the way that uh, it was done back in the day.
1: I've set up some rules for myself when I when I wave to people. If there's a double lane, I. I I don't wave simply because I don't want to get confused. With, I don't want to confuse two different cars as they're driving past. So if there's two lanes, then I'll just keep to myself. But if there's a single lane uh, coming the opposite direction to me, I will wave to every single car. I think that this I is see. a positive
0: thing to do.
1: Yeah, um, I've got you know the thumbs up. The and, um,
0: and of course I'm getting a message through from Mon saying that in t- in the town of Fingal. You you do. You wave to everybody. Oh, very good. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way to do it. Um, and you to- feel like a total idiot yeah. if you don't. You just, you know, you're, you're a moron. You haven't sort of um, fitted into the town yet. But, um, yeah, they must have, what, like 10 houses in Fingal, I think, something like that. Maybe.
1: Uh, um, Maybe. Mons is one of them.
0: listening to linda shelton with spread a little bit of love around here on the breakfast show let's have
1: another clue for our quiz nobody's got it yet well look that's not Oh, i didn't have a guess you didn't have a guess no forgot did do you know i have a quick guess now i'll give you two guesses if that's incorrect okay all right the number of wives elkanah had the father of samuel that is correct yeah now i'll just get to give you a quick shout out to my mum Simply because every morning, she sends me a text with the answer, without fail, with the correct answer. And it's usually after two or three guesses, ah, two, or, go three, two or three clues. So you're, um, you're, you're a champion with that. Uh, mum. Yes, you are correct. Uh, but yeah, if you think you at home have the correct answer and you are not my mum, <laughs> love you mum, but this is not for you. Um, if you think you've got the the correct answer, give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three. 324 843 that's 1-800-FAITH-FM, or you can send us a text with the correct answer at 0491-064-669. And if you are the first per- person To come in with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of Experiencing the Power of the World by David, uh, of the Word, sorry, by David Marshall.
0: Okay, so as we look around the world at the moment, uh, we find there are some interesting things, some interesting side effects that are taking place as a result of the coronavirus outbreak. Indeed. One of them being wildlife are seeing this as a bonanza and starting to move into the cities. Really? Yes. So this is uh, a story that is particularly coming out of Landudno in Wales. Welsh words. you get to pronounce like it with a... In-
1: can I have a look at it? Anyway, so I'll, anyway, I'll no, pronounce right. with good. I've, I've written it with a
0: Welsh. I've written it down wrong anyway, so oh. it doesn't matter. The um, So they've got a, a local herd of wild goats. Yeah. And the wild goats have suddenly noticed, you know, there's no people around at the moment in town. Yeah. And there's lots of gardens and hedges and flowers and tasty bits and pieces.
1: I think they'd also notice that there'd be a lot more rubbish or food scraps in the bin. Possibly, possibly,
0: but... They've been focusing on the gardens, you know, hedges, flowers yeah. and so forth. And they've gone, you know what? This is an opportunity. And they've just moved into town and they're now living in town. Set up shop and in the middle they've, of they've, town. They've set up shop. They are just uh, – it's, it's, it's like party time. It's like let's have more of this coronavirus to uh, keep the humans inside because we're just enjoying eating all of the green stuff that is outside which is you know, a little bit worrying for some people and other people are just sort of enjoying the fact that uh, there's, <laughs> the town is full of wild goats and they have interesting personalities and they do interesting things and there's a bunch of uh, kids there as well. As, as in, in like children or as in baby, baby goats? Okay, yep. And yeah, they've been wandering the town for the last three days just sort of wondering what's going on and why nobody's there and having a good time. It kind of reminds me of the story of Elisha when he was besieged in Samaria. And the Assyrian or the Syrian army was driven off, um, and, and by a rumor of the Egyptian army coming through. And they left all of their stuff behind, and some some beggars got out there and just sort of started eating it all. And they're like, "Wow, you know, look at all this food!" And then, the next minute, the whole the whole town was out there, and they just sort of moved into this into the Syrian camp and started. Finding food to eat. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, interesting things happening in our world as a result of the coronavirus. They reckon that uh, air travel pollution has been cut by half here in Australia so far. Yeah, right. Uh, which is very, very significant. Been reason to see what kind of, if any, long-term effect that has. I can't imagine that won't have any effect. But, uh yeah, quick update from around the world, of course there in Australia, there are just under five thousand uh, cases right now that we know of globally nine hundred and twenty thousand cases forty six thousand dead uh, we We're just talking to Mon down in Tasmania. There's about seventy cases down there, uh, which is a fair chunk for a small island like that with limited health care. Um, Yeah, but as if you don't have enough people dying right now, reproductive rights groups are up in arms, a group never to miss an opportunity, um, asking for more access to abortion drugs through telephone health consultations and a removal of you know restrictions like you have to see two doctors before you can get abortion drugs and this kind of thing, and of course the reason that they're all up in arms is because of the expected baby boom, right? So you know you have uh, you have lockdown, you have people um, you know in in the home together for long periods of time. We know that that's going to create a baby boom. Always has done in the past. And so we're looking at a generation of coronials that will be born in about nine months' time. Generation coronials. Resulting in about 13 years' time, we will have a generation of quarantines. Right. Yes. I see see what you did there. (laughs) It wasn't me. uh, Oh, right. Sure, sure, sure. Good friends that are good on all of these uh, kinds of ideas. But it is a real thing. They don't know about contraception. Well everybody knows about contraception he but you know, wear helmets. everybody is everybody is uh, you know sort of locked up together and and uh, this is what always happens when that is the one case one leads to another and so yeah the reproductive rights groups are looking for ways and opportunities to <coughs> destroy these Human babies life. that are going to be conceived which is really really you know tragic and um Yeah, well, hey, my my feelings on this are well documented. I think that this is just a horrific way of approaching this particular issue. Um, And it's not the path that we should be going down whatsoever at all. I do feel for women who are in desperate circumstances, but you don't solve a terrible thing by doing another terrible thing. Yeah, one terrible thing doesn't solve another terrible thing, and the emotional, the emotional, don't make that's it right. Run. The emotional cost of an abortion is just too high. It's just too high, so don't go there. Um, anyway, so that's uh, uh, one of the other stories that is uh, floating around the traps. Um, uh, positively different news. This is another positive one. We need to have more positive news out Absolutely. here. Absolutely, um, Aussies for the very first time ever, it seems, are getting to know their neighbours. Really? (laughs) Australians are the world's worst at knowing their neighbours. You know, you go to some cultures, uh, particularly in Europe and places like that that I've travelled to, and Asia, where everyone knows everyone on the street, and they're always hanging out together, and you, you, you get those evenings... Maybe 10 o'clock at night, and the whole street is out on the street, and they're all socializing together. They're sharing food, they're having a good time, and it's just an amazing, it's a fantastic culture. You I see, love that culture. I We're think Australia
1: used to have it, um, but not so much anymore.
0: We used to have a better one. We never really had, um, you know, the European street kind of culture because yeah. we are a very vast country with you know, large distances between people. And we yeah. have we have big homes and big yards and sprawling cities, which allows people to have
1: space. Well, you've just recently moved into a new house. Do you know your neighbours yet? I know three of my neighbours so far. Them. Oh, there you go. Uh, there's a bunch more to go, but... You'll get there.
0: People are kind of hot, keeping to themselves a little bit. But what we're finding is that this is giving opportunity for... People to, you know, their, their normal social network yeah. has broken down because you can't socialise with your normal social network. And so people are starting to talk across the fence. Yeah, you can talk can. across the fence. You can keep your distance. There's no problem with that. Um, I've been been meeting my new neighbours at a uh, two-metre distance, which has been great. Um, but statistics show that Australians, uh, less than half of Australians know their neighbours
1: name right
0: you know that's a bit of a tragedy we should be doing better than that and this is a great opportunity to get to know your neighbors and not just to get to know your neighbors but
1: to look for ways to help your neighbors out yeah when i i I used to have a neighbor her name was nicole and she was a single mum of two kids and i would she was a lovely lovely lady and we'd always like we'd we'd do a bit together, and like my family and her family, and you know, we'd go, every now and then go over and, and mow the lawn or something for her. And, and it wasn't necessarily what we were doing for her, but it's just the reaction that she gave that you know, she was really, really appreciative, and it always made me feel very good.
0: Yeah, you've moved recently from uh, far north Queensland. I have indeed. Uh, have you got to know your, no- your new neighbours yet?
1: I, I can't remember his name, but he's got a cat, I, I know that, um, and he quite regularly. I'm not good at asking people's name, but I, I do have a good chat with him. He stands at his letterbox. Um, oh, he used to stand at his letterbox at 3 o'clock every afternoon and wave to kids as, um, after school as they walked by with their, they'd walk by with their parents. And, you yeah, know, said, see you later, see, see you later. And, um, you know, really getting involved with them. And I'd go out and have a bit of a, a quick chat to him and see how he's going. Um, but since all the schools have sort of gone into lockdown, we haven't been talking as much. But um, But no, he's a great guy and and, uh, yeah. There you go. Okay, so the opportunity
0: there is to get to know neighbours right now uh, because they will probably be your social network for the next uh, couple of months at least as far as face-to-face contact goes. This is the Isaacs with the one I'm dying for.
5: the truth, even I
1: back to the breakfast show on faith fm it's time for clue number three for our quiz this morning here we go what number am i esau said that he had been deceived by jacob this many times so if you think you know the answer to that question give us a call at 1-800-324-843 that's 1-800 faith fm or send us a text at 0491 And if you are the first person to, uh, to call in with the correct answer, we will be sending you Experiencing the Power of the Word by David Marshall. Okay, so give us a call
0: right now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, if you know the answer to that clue, and there will be a prize coming your way. We've been hearing recently about the backpacker crisis that is uh, gripping Australia, yeah. where we have uh, large numbers of young people who have become trapped in the country, unable to return home for various reasons, and now, of course, with the backpacker hostels closing down because they've basically become uh, coronavirus hotspots, there's a large number of people who are, you know, been turfed out onto the streets, are, uh, you know, living, living in parks and eating out of bins and so forth Well, joining us on the phone this morning is somebody who is not in that kind of crisis situation But is somebody who managed to uh, end up kind of trapped here during the uh, coronavirus from overseas Megan, welcome to the show
6: Hello, thanks for having me
0: Now, Megan, your last name, how do I pronounce that?
6: It is pronounced
0: Coozer. Coozer. Okay, so Couser. Megan Coozer. Now, you're from the United States, I understand. Yes. What part of the U.S. are you from?
6: Um, so, family grew up in North Carolina, and I was in Florida for about four years doing ministry. Um, but that's pretty much where I've been based.
0: Okay, so from from the South. Yes. Now, you've, you've ended up uh, – okay, so you're here in Australia, um, and you're kind of stuck in Australia right now. How, how yeah. did you how did you come to Australia? What were your plans? And um, yeah, how did you end up being stuck here?
6: Yeah, so I've wanted to come to Australia for many years now. It's been a desire on my heart. And uh, it was awesome because I got the opportunity to not only come to Australia, but to attend Arise, the uh, Discipleship Program here. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I came here on that intention to do Arise, and I was for about seven weeks and then because of the virus, unfortunately, they had to cancel and from then on, it was making a decision of should I stay, should I go and I decided to stay.
0: Okay, so yeah, and it seems that that was probably a good decision considering how the virus is spreading significantly faster in the US at the moment than it is in Australia. I mean, we, we don't know what the future yes. holds.
6: Oh, yes. So what happened was, too, is when I was making that decision, um, there was a report from the U.S. Embassy here in Australia uh, saying it was zone, or code four, uh, saying that you shouldn't fly. So from then on out, I was like, okay, <laughs> I, guess, uh, I guess I'll guess i stay. <laughs> Hunker
0: down in a foreign country, wait for the wind yeah, to blow okay, over, yeah. and, and, and then head home. Pretty much. Okay, so that sounds like quite an adventure. You were talking about the Arise Discipleship um Uh, program that you were a part Mm of, Uh, you did about seven weeks of that out of, what is it, three months, three and a half months, four months, something like that? Yeah, it's
6: about, I think it's uh, 14 weeks, so we went about halfway.
0: So you made it about halfway before it it got all closed down. Mm -hmm. And uh, out of your classmates, other people got stuck here as well?
6: Yeah, it was actually really cool because out of the, I believe, around, say, 47 students, uh, there was a good who wanted to stay, and that worked well for me. <laughs> um, and we kind of came together and created our own little community-type family thing. And so now we are finishing out Arise through Arise Online, and it's been pretty cool.
0: That's fantastic. Now, Megan, you mentioned that you uh, spent, uh, f- was it four years in ministry down in Florida? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in your journey of faith. How did you come to give your life to Jesus Christ? What kind of a, you know, background, family do you come from, all that kind of thing, religious background?
6: Yes. Yeah, so my dad uh, converted in his mid-20s, and when he did so, he decided to become a pastor. So I have uh, grown up in the 7th Avenue Adventist faith ever since I was born. And... Um, Luckily, we didn't have to move around quite a bit, but we did end up in North Carolina eventually in my uh, early middle school years. And from there, I attended Mount Pisgah Academy, which is the boarding school in that area. And pretty much when I was attending there, they had a youth rally, and that's where I officially gave my heart to God. It wasn't just my parents' religion. It was and their spiritual journey it was it be kind of became mine and uh, from there I just kind of had a heart for ministry and didn't know quite where I fit in with that but I knew I wanted to pursue it and so then I went to Southern Adventist University once I graduated high school and I got a degree in religious studies and then it was awesome because from there I, I wanted to keep moving forward and so I moved to Florida it was a whim decision <laughs> uh, didn't really have anybody in the area or a place to stay but I leave down a faith um, in God and
0: Did you have a call to go down to Florida and to do ministry there?
6: Kind of like uh, how I had a, a desire for Australia I kind of just had that desire for Florida um, and so I, I couldn't resist it there was just an urge to just go um, and I, I would find out there what I was meant to do or be a part of and then that's when a job at the Florida Hospital Church Uh, Came up and they wanted me as their uh, kids coordinator for their church. So that's what I ended up doing for four years, and it was an amazing four years.
0: So, with um, you know, kids coordinator for the church, there, um, I get the impression that if this is this is like a a full time job for you, is this a fairly large church?
6: Yeah, they have. uh, I want to say about two thousand members. Um, It was a big program that that they had there, Uh, I was in charge of birth through fifth grade. Um, And yeah, it it was great. I had a lot of autonomy with the pastors and I was able to just create and to do and be inspired. And um, they had a really great support system there. And so for my first official ministry job, it was great to have that be my start. It really launched me into just a creative mind for God and um, yeah, just carrying his message forward.
0: With a church that big, you're obviously, and, and you're taking care of uh, first first grade to fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, with a church that size, do you have a lot of volunteer staff that are working for you?
6: Yeah, there were a lot of volunteers who worked uh, with me, and um, it was great. I, I I love working on teams. Uh, I love being a part of just the teamwork mentality. Uh, and of course, with any church, there's going to be struggles. We We went through our struggling phases, uh, phases of trying to find people, um, but what we were trying to focus on more of just wanting to fulfill a need is seeing who had the need for ministry to begin with, and those were the people that we sought out. So it, um, because of that, I, I think it helped us grow our volunteer base into not just people who had to be there <laughs> to fulfill a need, but who wanted to be there uh, to fulfill their call to uh, serve God with kids.
0: With your job at that particular church, uh, obviously a full time job, but are you did was all of your work just focused on say the Saturday morning worship service that you know obviously in Avonius Church? Um, is is that where the bulk of it was, or did you have programs that you were also running for the young people during the week?
6: Yeah. So what I like to say is I was uh, a glorified event. Uh, kid event planner (laughs) um we had a lot of events that we would do uh a lot of them uh family focused so not just kids coming but the whole family coming to enjoy um learning more about god so that was part of the week um but also through that whole entire time when i got there the head pastor wanted to recreate children's ministry and build it from a foundation uh and kind of starting afresh and new. And so that was also part of my job was rebranding, renaming, and then launching this new uh, field in children's ministry.
0: When you talk about family focus and getting families involved, what kinds of things were uh, you getting families involved in? Because you typically think of, you know, you head to church, whether it's Sabbath school, Sunday school, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody divides into their different age brackets for that period of the uh, worship time. Um, but you're, you, you mentioned about pulling families together. How did, what, what, what did that involve?
6: Yeah, so just as an example, for instance, of course, we always have our big vacation Bible school uh, during the summer. And so what we would do is taking those ideas that we had during that BBS, we would create a uh, family VBS in the fall. And that's where for uh, a couple of days, families would come and we would sort of redevelop the ideas that we shared with the kids to then share it with the whole entire family. So that's just an idea um, that we would do, or for some of the Sabbaths, instead of uh, just having the kids in their individual groups, we would pull everybody together with their families and we would put on uh, a Sabbath school for everyone. So just trying to to be focused on taking the anchor and the responsibility of the church to develop their kids, to then place it and say, as the parents, you are the primary uh, source of faith in your home, and so we want to gift you with ideas and inspirations and ways to connect with your kids spiritually.
0: When you talk about, you know, Sabbath school for everyone, does that include, is, is, is that like kids and their parents, or is that kids and the whole church?
6: So, yeah, that was uh, kids and their parents,
0: yeah. Sure. So that would be a fairly significant um, portion mm-hmm. of the oh, church. Oh,
6: yeah. Okay,
3: yeah. so you've got a
0: fairly large church there, about 2,000 members that are coming along. That's a decent-sized church by um, by most standards, and it's attached to a hospital, did you say?
6: Yes. Yeah, so the name, um, they grew out of the, uh, I forgot, it's like one of the sanitariums that they placed in, orlando years ago in the early 1900s um and so from there it started as just a little church but then it grew and grew and it became uh, its own entity outside of the hospital and so they've been connected for quite a lot of years but i know that just this year um they rebranded to whole life church and so now they're focusing on other things outside of being attached to the hospital but yeah um, and in its past, it, it used to be a church that was for, specifically for the hospital staff.
0: Mm, sure. Now, you've got uh, four, years in, uh, four years of experience in uh, children's ministry. Right now, of course, all of our children are at home and having worship at home and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. What kind of, things, what kind of things can parents be doing with their children at home um, as part of home worship? Because that's how we're doing church these days.
6: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Even when I was a kid, we would always have uh, evening family get-togethers. And um, depending on how many people you have in your home, but one thing that I really enjoyed and uh, I thought was so much fun is that us as kids would act out uh, a play skit, if you will, about a Bible story. And then the parents had to guess what story we were putting on.
0: (laughs) Bible
3: charades. Um,
6: Yes, it was so much fun. Um, So that's always good. But I think even, too, if you have a yard and just getting outside um, and doing even simple games and just um, being outside and being refreshed by the air and the sunlight, if you can, Um, for those who are trapped in apartments, oh, my goodness, I don't know how you're doing it. (laughs) We'll be praying for you. Um, But, yeah, I I think just getting together as a family. And one of the things that I think is – Lacking in the home is an emotional and spiritual connection, being able to just talk with your, your child in general. Um, I know that that was a struggle in, in my family grow, grow, growing up. And so I think this kind of allows for an opportunity to not just sit there, um, but to engage with your kids in conversation and diving deep with them is yeah. also, I think, even just a basic
0: and I think that the uh, coronavirus quarantine is definitely going to provide mm-hmm. opportunities for families yes. to, to connect in a way that they've possibly not connected before. I mean, part of the tragedy is that we see families breaking apart at this time as well because right. of the yeah. uh, the added pressure. But rather than focusing on the pressure, I think we should focus on the opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. you exactly. know, there's, there's, there's so much here that we can do. Megan, it's been fantastic having you on the show this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and um, just want to encourage all of our listeners at this particular time to that we are coming back on on Saturday morning for small group interactive Bible study right here on Faith FM Radio. So please do join us. And if you're struggling to get the signal where you are, just uh, download the Faith FM Australia app. This is Jason Gray with Blessed Be.
3: I've got it made. It's for the poor.
7: Listening to Faith FM, positively different
8: radio.
5: Our team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to be God's hands and feet in your communities, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Remember to call your friends and family and ask if there's anything they need, whether it's food, some toilet paper, or just a chat. Little things like this make a big difference to loved ones who just want to know that you're safe and sound.